Welcome to the Whatever Podcast with Mark Deal. Hey folks, thanks for stopping by to what has become kind of a sporadic podcast. Uh, you know, when the pandemic hit and we had to be quarantined, I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll do a lot of podcasts. We can do over Zoom and uh, had some ideas and had some people that I wanted to talk to. And, you know, I just didn't do it. I just, it was one of those things that I never felt like like doing uh hopefully i'll get back into the groove and uh, you know i've still got some ideas and some people that i want to talk to so hopefully we'll get to be a little bit more consistent this this summer okay so finally here is part two of an interview that i did with sam park back in october uh, he talks about writing and the writing process and what he's been working on so give it a listen i hope you enjoy and i'll be back in a little bit so what are you doing now well i took some time off as you know yeah and off of um, facebook and all these things i tried to experiment and that was without social media and being on the computer I told myself, being on a computer, you will not get anything done. So I wrote by pencil, paper and pencil, which was is, is its own creative process, very interesting. And uh, I worked on ideas and on scripts and uh, things, and I wrote them down. And I have a little book for just ideas and things that I think are cool, but they're not fully developed yet. But I like it because it's just a little book, maybe a page or if that, on the idea. Yeah. And then ideas that really stuck with me, I uh, said, hmm, okay, well, let's, let's try to write a... Uh, uh, what, what they call a beat outline. And uh, I've written so many scripts and things over the years and, and, and uh, I've written that I've got to this point where when I do an outline, you know, you're kind of thinking in stages. This leads to this, this leads to this, this leads to that. And you can give shortcuts for things happening along the way. You just want to get the idea from A to Z, beginning, middle, and, and an end. And I've learned something over the years that, uh, and it's very important to, I think, writers. Uh, and that is, if you have, you have an idea and it starts to, starts to gel in your mind and you feel like it has merit and it's worth taking to the next stage in the beginning and then the next stage after that, then... Uh, I've learned to trust myself with the creative process that the story will start talking to me. If I get the basics kind of laid yeah. out, 
it'll start talking to me more and more. And by that, I mean, characters and things will, you know, even though I thought they were going to go somewhere, they're doing something or something because the discovery of the story is it begins and gets uh, more details and things like that. So I wrote these beat outlines where I just do the beats and I'll, you know, I won't even, I know that these guys have got to break out of the jail cell that they've been locked into, but I don't know how, but they're going to break out of it. So I just write, okay, there, there's some cool guy action here, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're out and, you know, not worrying about it. Yeah. Used to, I obsessed over that when I was doing my outlines before I do a script or a story. Now, uh, no. So I wrote like 10 beat outlines for stories. And then three of these stories were really sticking with me because now, like I said, the outline, once I created the outline, the story's more complete. I have more idea of the characters and things. So I uh, went to work on a Western totally not horror. Uh, and, uh, and because I was looking at it as, well, this time is for me. I'm not out selling it or anything. I think it could sell, but I'm going to have what I love to put into this. And so I worked up this Western and I wrote on 50 page writing pads and three, about three pads worth. And then I set it aside. And then the second idea was a romantic comedy. And it was really fun. I, you know, here I thought this Western had me and it had me. But then this other idea began to go and I created the, the beat outline. And so, boom, I had to go to work on it. So I worked on this and I was really pleased because with this thing I've been reading rereading William Goldman's books on screenwriting uh the first one Adventures in the Screen Trade and then his second one uh What Lie Did I Tell You and they're wonderful they're, they they talk about both the business aspects his personal, how did I come to filmmaking and writing and this and that, why I write stuff. And, you know, William Goldman wrote Butch Gassing and the Sundance Kid. Mm -hmm. He uh, adapted All the President's Men from the book and won an Academy Award for it. Uh, he wrote the book and the screenplay, The Princess Bride. He also did the book mm -hmm. and the screenplay for Marathon Man. So he knows something, you know, about this Yeah. Stuff. And I love reading his books and the style that he has. I love reading his screenplays. He, he infuses such personality even into those dry things. And um, so I wrote this uh, beat outline that I then took a script for this art theft story. And the basis of it was from something he wrote in his books and he said I always write my movies like it's for a certain star even though the stars are not uh, 
live or around the, the stars yeah. I grew up or, and whoever I want to put in my little movie. I'm writing this and that. So I jumped off that idea and I had such fun with it. I, I, I don't know how successful I am with it, but I think I'm successful with it. Um, uh, it's an art thief at the center of it. And it's called nobody's perfect dot 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 caper and um i wrote it you know to show you how uh i hope this doesn't sound too facetious but i wrote it like i thought said if billy water wilder was writing the writer director was writing a film in the early 70s 19 you know for 1970 mm-hmm. for James Cagney in at that time and he he got the first American Film Institute lifetime achievement award and i think it was in 72 but it might have been 74 I, I, you know and um and Cagney was still in great shape and still, you know, he even danced up the steps in the, you know, to accept his, his, his stuff. And, and he still looked good, a little heavier, but he looked good. And he was, boy, his speech was great. And there was Cary Grant. Cary Grant's hair was white. He's wearing, you know, glasses like I'm wearing now, maybe, you know, but he looked great. And Fred Astaire looked great. And all these guys look good. And if you go on line, you'll see, uh, like from the Academy Awards, uh, as Astaire dances, I think it's 71 or two at the awards. And it's just amazing, you know, and all that. So I wrote this, this movie as if it were 1970. It's, it's today, set today, but it, it was 1970 for these guys. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I, um, it was uh, uh, Cagney, Cary Grant, Fred Astaire. Vincent Price is an art <laughs> dealer in the film uh-huh. and a, also a forger. Um, uh, oh, Fred McMurray as uh, a character in it. And let's see. Um, and then I, I, I don't want to give anything away. But there's a female interest in the story love interest and stuff but basically she was kind of like a cross between sophia lauren at the time and uh, and what the essence of uh, barbara stanwick so i wrote this thing and it was so much fun i had so i could hear these guys telling me this dialogue yeah. and stuff <coughs> and there was discovery along the way that i came up with stuff and i loved that the creative process where uh, things happened so I wrote a draft of that. And then I went back and I, re, I, re, I put the three pads there, fresh pads, and I rewrite it. And I clean it up all on by hand. And I'm not going to touch the computer. And, uh, and then, you know, you always come up with a little more. This is after thinking about it. I, you know, I like given time things time to think upon and uh so i rewrote 
both of those. And then I wrote another little screenplay that I call my lifetime movie. Uh, it's got a little bit of fantasy. It's called The Quiet Hour. And uh, it's, you'll like this. It's, it, it's essentially set in Malden, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, today with the internet and all these things, and there's a little bit of fantasy behind it. But uh, have you ever seen a film called uh, The Next Voice You Hear? in the 50s i don't think so With, that uh, sounds familiar but i don't i don't think well, i've seen I'll it tell you what tell you what look it up and watch it it's just a little b movie at the time but and i won't tell you anything about it because i just want you to watch it but the idea we and the way it was handled was really good and james whitmore is the central character the, the father in this little community and uh, Carrie, Carrie and I back in, show you how ideas ferment. Uh, we were at the, the uh, famous monsters convention back in the late 90s when we were sitting talking with uh, Ron Chaney Jr., the grandson of Lon Chaney. Mm -hmm. And um, Oh Lord, I can't think of his name right now. I used to... who played Darth Vader in the movies? The the actual big physical strong guy. Uh, uh Prowse was his name. Yeah, Prowse. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So he's sitting there with us. I mean, yeah. this is how geeky these things are. And we were talking about stuff and all these things, and uh, uh, and then there was a lull or something going on and Carrie and I were mentioning and somehow this idea came to me to say, Hey, remember that film? Well, I got this idea for something. He went, yeah, that's a good idea. You know? So yeah, I turned it into a, a screenplay, same process. And that's what I'm actually adapting right now to computer transcribing. I'll get around to the other two. Uh, and then taking those beat Allen stories, I did a, to get it back to horror. I did a mummy story. Yeah. It was loosely based on my mummy's ring from, um, the Lugosi book that I did that the wonderful artist, um, uh, Hank Mayo did the artwork for. And, um, but I've got an idea that's, I think, pretty good. And uh, I did some investigation. You know, we have the Egyptian mummies, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there, there were these Nubian mummy, uh, mummies. There was a, a, a section of Africa that was ruled by these um, Africans that rivaled Egypt. In fact, they even conquered Egypt at one time and then later. And they have their mummies and stuff. So I had this idea based kind of on that. And, uh, and then I had a science fiction story that was going to be a take on the mummy. And I, I infused some things from that into it. So uh, I've got a mummy story I'm going to do. I've got a story about uh, 
it's basically the exorcist set in prison. I'm thinking low budget here. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, and all that. I've always got, how can I get away with stuff? Uh, you know, it'll, a decent budget, maybe it'll get made. So I've got that. And that was actually fun to write too, the beat outline on. And uh, I've got a story called Black Tat in Beat Outline. And it's about a girl who has finished high school. It's her graduation night. And she's been a straight A student, great kid, no complaints, wonderful. And her wish, and her family doesn't like it, but they're okay with it. You're responsible and all this stuff. Is to, she's going to get a tattoo, mm-hmm. which I think is, this is very contemporary. This is very, what a lot of parents and people wrestle with, you know, today. Oh my God, my kid wants a tattoo. But here's the kid that's the perfect kid, you know? Okay, you're going to, and it's in San Francisco. And, um, uh, she proceeds to go looking in the various, very odd shops and places for a tattoo. And then she finds one. And, uh, and then a person turns her on to it. And it's based on an extremely old tattoo. The design and everything. And so that leads to some very disturbing things and all that kind of stuff. And I've got a very, very EC slash Warren finish to the thing. Yeah. I'm really happy with, you know, and all that. Let's see, horror. I also, I worked up, I want to do a, a massacre movie. Not that I was a big, huge fan of the chop them up movies when I was a uh-huh. kid in high school. I mean, I refused to go see the last house on the left. These friends of mine were, Oh no, you gotta go see that. You know, up the drive in outside. Yeah. The mall. yeah. But I'm like, no, nah. I saw that. Well, <laughs> I didn't. And then I, I guess what I didn't even see Texas Chainsaw Massacre until a, 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 a 12-year-old kid showed it to me on VHS in Texas when I moved down there and said, oh, that's not scary. That's not bloody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw it and I really liked it. I, you know, yeah. I really liked it, but I, I'm real squeamish around... I mean, I sure, I'll sit there and watch the gore and stuff, but, yeah. uh, but I wrote a horror film called Raven, Raven Hell. And uh, that was a slasher type movie. And I said, okay, I'm going to write a slasher that is not like other slashers because in the past they'd make a slasher movie and it made a lot of money. And then suddenly, oh my God, we've got to make another one. We've got to make another. I mean, you know, the uh, uh, Friday the 13th, you know, the whole thing, they didn't know. They just had that yeah. big scare at the ending. And then, you know, the character, and then the uh, whole, uh, uh, you know, Michael Myers. Yeah. You know, the whole thing was all, you know, created sequel. And so, that, well, I designed my movie to be set up to where it would build through sequels. 
and it has a supernatural thing and all that. And I really like that one. I, I haven't really sold it, but I haven't really pushed it yet or done yeah. anything. And then I created another one. I had, I had, I, I don't know why these got on my mind, but I did one called uh, the Snake Creek Massacre. And it's a float tripping little yeah. horror slasher movie. Uh, and there's a certain look to it and all that that I wanted. Uh, I love the idea of uh, these World War II and gas mask and I mean, World War II, World War One, World War One uniforms and outfits and things like that. So I kind of worked up a way where I'm going to have a character that's going to be this kind of grotesque killer with this thing going on. But then again, I'm older, you know, I like to play with expectations and hopefully crisscross them, you know, yeah. and all that. And then you got to think, well, a lot of these black guys are smart. They're going to see the crisscross. How do I keep, you know, yeah. I don't not make the crisscross with crisscross and so and so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on. It, you know, like crazy on the, you know, this kind of stuff. And now it's just transcribing these other things and then going to, once I get those scripts transcribed, I'll see what the market's like for them and see about selling them. Now, one thing I have been working on that is totally different for me is a, um, I've been working on a novel finally, a fran uh, yeah. novel. And uh, I got a great title, but I don't want to give it to you because I don't want to know about it. Yeah, well, don't. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's, and it's set in Southeast Missouri. And, uh, but it's all the superhero stuff that I grew up with. And Stephen King and all these things kind of, you know, Stephen King, if you look through his books, a thread, I don't know why they don't make a, a movie series based on this, is when he created uh, Carrie, it was told as if it was a procedural, you know, like this mm -hmm. happened, this happened. Then he would work in the novel version but you would read like from papers or from the senate investigation the government investigation mm -hmm. of what happened that carrie white incident okay and they had a, a, a investigating committee or something called the white project or whatever so i don't know why somebody hasn't taken these things and when you read king's books uh with the parent what what is the paranormal and how it's being investigated and all that, you know, uh, you know, to me, the, you ought to start with Carrie and then just do this whole thread. Firestarter really was a, you know, bled out of that, you mm -hmm. know, with the CIA now trying to control and the, the, these things. So, um, the, my, my novel deals with something that's for lack of a better term it's more than that though it's kind of fire star starter like and uh and that sets off these events that result in these characters coming up on the scene and that are superhero types 
And then there's super villain types that appear. And I hope I've got enough reason behind it. And I've actually thought of it as a trilogy book. And the first one will establish <laughs> a lot and go along, but it's really fun. I've done a lot of some artwork on it. Just a lot of times I um, everything that I write, I tend to draw the characters mm -hmm. and stuff now and have them there and put little notes under it. You know, maybe even a dialogue balloon or something like he says something that really captures that character. And, uh, and I've got stuff on this and it would be something that I would really like to do, but you know, writing a novel is so different than writing yeah. a screenplay, you know, I mean, screenplay, they're all hard if they really work at what they are supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I've, I've tried writing before. I quickly discovered I wasn't any good at it. Really? Yeah. Really? I was, I was very, everything that I wrote was very derivative of other stuff. And I just didn't like well, it. And I don't have the patience. Concepts or in uh, the execution, uh, you mean like the way they were seeing things and walking down the writing walk? Pretty much all of it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I might try well, it again me, sometime. My friend, let me say that, you know, looking at my early stuff, mm -hmm. where I'm at now, you know, the greatest attribute I ever had was that I stuck with it. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I didn't care if I sold a script. I was going to finish that script and do so-and-so. And now I'm at a point to where, I mean, these st stories have just, you know, flooded are all over yeah. in me. And it's just a matter of sitting down. And then I've developed the discipline to like, I mean, even when I was first out, out in Hollywood, I moved here in 85 and got jobs working at restaurants and and, you know, there was a lot of partying and everything that went on. But I always went home at some point, went to sleep, and then got up and got in a few pages on my Selectric typewriter. Yeah. And then later my Brotherwood processor. And then my first Mac uh, computer, you know, would write stuff, you know. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm, I know the process pretty well. And I can get through it, you know, like that. And then I can also walk away from it. Let's say this novel isn't happening. There's a part of me that goes, well, buddy, set that aside. And if it still is beating and you want to go at it or this script aside or the story aside, it's okay to walk away. That means it's not grabbing you. You know, King talks about, well, when an idea he confirmed it for a long time, years, decades. In yeah. Mind. But when he's ready to go on it, when he feels like, boy, that there's that, that, you know, when the story is bursting to get out, then he's got to go with it. And if he doesn't, if he spends too much time noodling on it and all this around, it kills it for him. Yeah. He can't finish it. You know, I I did write a little short horror story a couple of years ago that uh, well, I, I posted on a blog. And I actually, it. I read it on one of our podcasts, our last year, our Halloween podcast. Okay. So you were happy with that, with that sh little sh uh, short story then? Yeah. It was a, it was, it was about Malden. 
Yeah. It was a little horror story about making Malden great again. A little Lovecraft. <laughs> but I can already I can already see things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you they can, made you... that movie. They, they made that TV series they're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've got a, a, another little Malden story that I want to do as a TV series. And I've written yeah. the pilot script and kind of got the everything etched out, but it's still rough. I'd, I'd like to go back and look over, given some time, but I worked on uh, this idea and it was set in Malden using the airbase. Yeah. And, um, and that was, and I still hope to do that. That's a zombie idea. I like and zombie ideas. Well, it's not like Walking Dead or anything. Yeah. It's, but it is, but it isn't. Because, uh, well, I can't give away the. the yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, listen, here, growing up in Malden, and I think you should write about, that's why I'm trying to incorporate more of that now. Mm -hmm. I really know these characters and places and things. And I, you know, in my. Uh, the little lifetime story movie you know it 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 doesn't it doesn't have a neon arrow pointy but you definitely see it the first that this little town is struggling okay and there's a bar in town that is essentially rl's yeah and, and that there, there there's businesses closed up and down the the street and all that you know and I could just see all this, you know, it was, you know, and people and, and talking and, and things that are going on, you know, there. So I think it's good to use what, you know, and with, yeah. you know, so this little short story, you're going to send it to me or something? So uh, yeah, yeah, you, you can, uh, it's, yeah, I'll send you a copy. It's okay. on, uh, last year's podcast uh how we did a halloween story a friend of mine writes and uh we had i told him a story about oh it's been a couple of years now i'd grown a beard during the uh -huh. winter and i was tired of it and i was looking for a, a barber shop that actually did straight razor shaves and uh i uh there's one near our house. And so I decided I'd go get a shave. Well, the night before I went to get that shave, I watched, uh, Sweeney Todd. And so when, when I got there, I was telling the guy that I just watched Sweeney Todd and he was talking, he was talking about, he had just gotten some new blades and he's, you know, he said he'd try not to cut me. Well, he cut me a couple times, you know, so I was <laughs> all bloody. And I told my friend about this. So he wrote a, a short horror story and we did our podcast actually from the barbershop. And so he read a horror story. I read my oh, horror story and I read another horror story, horror story from uh, another friend of mine that's, that writes. And uh, so I'll send you a link to the podcast. You can listen. All right, to all right. It. send me a link. <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to watch it. And, uh... No, well, that's sort of an abrupt edit there. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the talk with Sam. I will tell you that 
He has sent me a couple of the scripts that he's been working on. I've read one of them, and I really enjoyed it. And I've started reading the other one, and so far I really like it too. So uh, I hope you I hope you enjoyed his talk. Uh, I do have one, at least one more part of the interview with, with Sam that eventually I'm going to post. It's liable to be October before I get it posted since it is where we finally talk about monster movies and classic horror and, and stuff like that. So I'll probably save that one until, until we get to October. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back and listen uh, for the next podcast that we do, whenever that might be. Uh, if you like this, give us a like, share it with your friends, uh, join our Facebook group, uh, listen to us on whatever medium. We're on all sorts of them. I'd, I've forgotten. It's been so long. What all? Uh, Podbean, Spotify, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So until we talk again, see you later. Bye.